0: hallelujah I greet you people of God on behalf of your sister church praise us I greet the leadership my apostle, Reverend Palmer leadership of this holy assembly, I greet you Quite fortunate that the Holy Spirit is already here. So it, it will be much easier than I anticipated. Good. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you again. For your holy presence, we thank you, Father God, that you have made available to us your Holy Spirit to, to fellowship, to teach, to counsel, and to provide wisdom, knowledge, understanding. We thank you, Father, that the eyes of our understanding will be opened to have a clear revelation of who you are. Hallelujah. 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 Okay, we'll be looking at a scripture this morning, one that's quite familiar to all of us, but we'll just look at it in a little more depth so we can clearly understand the heart of God, and that's from the book of Hosea. H-O-S-E-A is actually pronounced Hoshia, not Hosea. That's right after Daniel. So let's go Hoshia chapter 1. It goes all the way down to 11. Uh, Let me quickly, quickly read while you guys find it. Hoshea 1 1. The word of the Lord that came unto Hoshea, son of Beeri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, king of Judah, and the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. And I'll be going a bit fast because I need to finish this. The beginning of the word of the Lord to Hoshea, and the Lord said to him, Go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms. The New King James, other versions say wife of harlotry. Same thing. Of whoredoms, children of whoredoms, for the land has committed great whoredom and departed from the Lord. Verse 3, so he went and took Goma, the daughter of Dilim, which conceived and bare him a son. And the Lord said unto him, call his name Jezreel, for yet a little while, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu, and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. And it came to pass at that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. And she conceived again and be her daughter. And God said, called her name Lo Ruhamah. For you will no longer have mercy upon the house of Israel, and I will utterly take them away. But I will have mercy upon the house of Judah, and I will save them by the Lord their God. And will not save them by bow, nor by sword, nor by battle, nor horses. ...nor by horsemen. Now when she had weaned Leruhamah, she conceived and bare a son. Then the Lord said, Call his name lo ami for you are not my people and will not be your God. Verse 10. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in that place where it, shall it was said unto them, You are not my people... There it shall be said unto them, You are the sons of living God. 11. Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head. And they shall come up out of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. 1 to 11. We have heard that scripture a number of times. So let's just look at it a little deeper. First of all, the prophet... Shia. verse 1 will give you an idea of the time frame in which he ministered. What it tells you about the king of about Uzziah, about Hezekiah, Joseph, Ahaz, king of Judah. So during that time frame, this was the same time when Amos ministered, Joel, Obadiah, Isaiah ministered during the same time. I would know that Isaiah ministered because the king of... Because he was, Um, Uzziah is there, right? In the day King Uzziah died, right? So the same general time frame is when Hoshea ministered, but he was the first to minister to Israel about the pending doom, first. So it gives us a timeline, and this is important. It mentions four kings of Judah, one of Israel, because there is a comparison between Israel and Judah. They are now a divided kingdom. So Hoshia ministered during that time and he particularly ministered in Israel, not in Judah, to this king Jeroboam, who is actually Jeroboam II. Don't, we can't confuse him with Jeroboam, the first, the first king of the divided kingdom after Solomon's death. He had Rehoboam, Jeroboam. Jeroboam was the king of Israel. Jeroboam son of the king of Judah. That was 150 years ago. This Jeroboam, son of Joash, is different. He's from the dynasty of Jehu, right? So it was important that he ministered to this particular king at the time, and we'll see why. But so just let's try to understand why is it. That God would ask a prophet, a pastor, to go marry a woman of ill repute, questionable character, promiscuous. There are times when God will do quite a bit just to get our attention, for us to turn. Ever since Jeroboam I, son of Nebat, sinned and made Israel sin. The scripture spoke about it a number of times. He caused Israel to sin. Idolatry and all of that. God has been trying to get the people of Israel, the Jewish nation to turn back to him. Right? And he'll try to get their attention in some way or the other. Not just through raising up prophets to, 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 to minister. So during this time period, if we look at Zechariah 14.5 or Amos 1.1. 1, 1, it tells us that during the ministry of Amos, at the time of the king of Judah, Uzziah, and Jeroboam, sorry Jeroboam, king of Joash, there was an earthquake. Amos 1.1, 1, 1, Zechariah 14.5. There was an earthquake during that time. If we look at Amos it tells us that the the entire land was attacked by locusts. Joel 1-2, same prophet, same time period. The locusts, the crawling, the everything, all of those locusts on the land during the same time period. So you have an earthquake, you have famine, you have invasion of locusts, that's how God would want to get the attention of the people. Just to get their attention. That's the love of God. So when we have Wildfire in California and Australia. flood in Europe. Drought in Africa. Hurricane in the Caribbean. Coronavirus in the world. God is trying to get our attention. He's trying to get us to turn back to him. So God tried all of that. And it still never worked. So I'm sorry. I'm going to try one more strategy. I'm going to show you your sin. Your heart. So when he asked Hoshia to go find promiscuous woman and marry her. It is it's not usual for a prophet to associate with these sort of persons or a pastor. But he said, for me to show Israel their heart, I am going to allow you to marry a person of ill repute. So you may see, not just hear the word of the prophet, you may also see your the, the the condition of your heart. So, he says, go get a woman of, I like King James. King James put it, whoredoms. Other other versions put it as a harlot. But why I like whoredom? Because it have an S at the end. Whoredoms. Puralize. Why? Because the word whoredom and harlotry, same word. The Greek word, Zanam actually means adultery, fornication, prostitution, idolatry. Number of meanings. So, based on the context, you'll understand which meaning. So, for example, Genesis 38, when Tamar slept with Judah and she became pregnant, and it was reported to Judah that Tamar, Billy show, she obviously. As been with somebody, so because of her harlotry, she's with child, because of her whoredom, she's with child. That is adultery and fornication. But when you talk about second Kings 9, when Jehu met Joram and said, Is it peace? And Jehu, Joram said, Is it peace, Jehu? He said, Peace, how can it be peace when your mother, Jezebel, is playing the harlot, the whoredom and the witchcraft? different meaning. She never really had an adulterous relationship, not fornication, but she practiced idolatry. So the meaning, whoredoms, would indicate there are, there are number meanings for the one word. So when Goma is referred to as a woman of whoredoms, it is saying that she has the capacity to perpetuate to, to be adulterous, commit fornication, involve in idolatry, and become a prostitute. So, Goma's heart, God will say, that's exactly how my people are. Not only in the nation of Israel, but the very church. Remember, the church is spiritual Israel. So, if Israel's heart is after idolatry and fornication and witchcraft and prostitution, so too is the church. So, I'm going to show you your heart. Go and marry this girl, this lady. Right? Which he did. Obedient prophet. So, the pastor no married to. Goma. Now I must tell you, she was promiscuous but she wasn't involved in either prostitution or adultery at the time. Why? How do I know that? She would have been killed. Any woman that is caught in adultery would have been put to death. So even Judah said it in in 38 Genesis that when he was told of Tamar being pregnant, he says, bring her here so that she may be burnt. That's what he said. I feel know. Anyway, but the fact is that from your involvement in adultery, your, as a woman, the penalty is death. So Goma never reached that stage, but her heart was towards that type of unrighteousness. So that's exactly why God says, go on, and, um, and find a woman. You see? When God got married to the Hebrew nation on Mount Sinai in Exodus 19, based on that covenant, He was near their husband. By Exodus 32, them built golden calf. Even though they said at Sinai, "I hear you, Lord, and, and it shall be as you say." them agree with them, the, the covenant. them listen to the marriage vows, and them agree with it. And then as soon as marriage over and them spend a little time in the relationship, them heart now start going after the world. So too is Goma. So she now got married but her heart was a heart of unrighteousness and wanted to sin. So the message is, Israel, that's your heart. So I want to show you your heart. And that's exactly what he did. Right? So he married Goma. He went and took her, and they conceived and bear a son. Now, this first son shall call his name Jezreel. Two reasons why God said that. One, he, wanted, he had to judge the house of Jehu based on his promise based on what Jehu did in 2 Kings 9, when he was anointed king by Elisha to judge the house of Ahab and to get rid of Jezebel, which he did. But the way he did it and the brutality and the lack of compassion, and he killed Jezebel, he killed Ahab, his sons, Ahab's 70 sons. Then he went ahead and gathered all of the prophets of Baal and killed all of them. And then he went and killed him cousin, his nephew, him every single associate of Ahab. And a friend. He, dead. He did it for personal elevation. He did it out of malice. So even though he completed the assignment, he went far and beyond what God had told him to do. So God said to him, Listen, because of what you did, your dynasty, your generation will only be on the throne for four generations. Four. So Jeroboam II is the fourth of the Jehu's dynasty. When Jehu became king, then his son Jehuazah has, and then Joash, and then Jeroboam. Wait, all the day must to It's a Je dynasty. So he's the fourth of the Jehu dynasty, and God says, "I will judge you to the fourth generation; you will no longer be on the throne." That is why Hosea, in this time, has to be ministering in this time to Jeroboam because he is the focus. It could have been somebody else, other prophet at that time, but in the fullness of time, Jeroboam had to be the last on the throne of the Jehu dynasty, right? So, he will judge. So, every time they see Jezreel walking in the street, they will remember that this is the last of Jeroboam, right? Then, he says, in a little while, the kingdom of Israel will be no more. So, the kingdom of Israel will soon be In captivity, they'll be attacked and overthrown by the Assyrian army. The word Jezreel means, it has two meanings. It means God scatters. It also means God sows. So, both of them indicate planting. When you scatter something, in our culture we call it broadcasting. You have a seed in your hand and you just fling it in the field. You know, dig no individual hole and plant it. They call broadcasting. You scatter the seeds. And that's what the sower did when some fell on stone in the ground, some in a thorn, some good. You remember that? He never planted no individual seed. He scattered it. He broadcast it. So that's what God does. God is now going to scatter a people abroad because of their disobedience. So Jezreel is a reminder that I am going to judge you by displacing you. So that son will show them two things. That the heart of Jehu was not right. He continued to worship idols. He continued in the sins of Jeroboam I. So God said, no more. I commend you for what you did. However, I will no longer be a blessing to you. Your name will be blotted out. You don't have nothing to do with the legacy of Jesus. That's coming. So Jezreel will remind them of that. It shall come to pass that I will break the bow of, the Israel, um, the, of Israel. Breaking the bow signifies, um, the bow is basically an instrument of warfare. Them never have M16 and Glock like we these days. Them used to use bow, arrow, spear and sword, but the bow in particular was a symbol of their strength and authority. So when you break the bow, it means your power is broken. So there are no success, 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 success you know, help me now. To invasion, to attack, to all of that. Sometimes tongue uh, get twist. We talk too fast. So the so the boys bring. they're no longer protected, right? So that's just real. too. And she conceived again and bare a daughter. And God call, said to him, Call her Loruhama. Now it is very unusual for the birth of a daughter to be recorded in scripture. It's a male-dominated society them hardly tell about the girls them. Not true? Hardly. Sometimes them say a certain woman. If me ask you a question, how much daughters David have? Nobody can tell me. It's not, it's not recorded by name. He had quite a bit. The poor little Joseph have 13 picnic, not 12. You have 12 wives of Israel, but you have a daughter named Dinah. You hardly even know. This is a male-dominated society. So when, you, when it is recorded... This gender and the name it must be important. Probably them times Patrick, man, the man never understand the, the, the woman precious and valuable. Give me another name for the ladies, then. Raya. Let me explain. What where, what where gentlemen gentleman there? How much gentlemen inside? I'm not gonna explain to you how how God designed women in a unique way by the scripture, right? By scripture. Not my, not my words. Let me explain to you men. So you can better appreciate the women in your lives. Men. In Genesis 2. 21-22. It says God put Adam to sleep. And from his side he took a rib. You remember that? And from that rib he made woman. Woman. The word rib in scripture. The Hebrew is Sela, T-S-E-L-A, the T silent. Sela is what means rib. Sela means side, beam, support. Sela. So, we will find that in other scriptures, God gave Moses the design for the Ark of the Covenant. God gave those designs. The side of the Ark of the Covenant to which the rings are attached. So that the pole can go through. So you can carry it. The the Levites can carry it. The rings are attached to a side of board that's called the sailor. Same word. So what it means is that women were designed to usher in a move of the spirit. Because the ark of the covenant represents the spirit of God. The presence of God. So the women were designed... To facilitate a move of the spirit, to usher in the very presence of God, whether in your relationship, in your church, wherever. That is why when Zion has trouble, them say, "Call for the wailing women." All right, hold on. no do not get it? Right, let me go somewhere else. Hold on. No do to get it? Yet. So let me go somewhere else. God gave Noah the design for the ark. The side of the ark that is curved, so you say, curved like a rib, it's called the tsela that curved portion of the ark is what keeps it from sinking. So the women were designed to keep us afloat. Women were designed to ensure that we are always above the water. Women are designed that the family not drown. Women are designed to ensure that the support is given for safety. You ever hear talk about the strength of a woman? She was particular. that is why in, in Genesis, the word mother, M, it means bond of the family. It's a woman that keeps things together, in, even in a time of crisis. That's how important women are. And Solomon knew this, that's why I'm right, for Proverbs 31, about the virtuous woman. Because that describes him. But, so men, let me tell you, you have to have an appreciation Because the support is dependent. Your very... Survival is dependent on the woman. Alright, let's not get sidetracked. Let's go back to Goma. So, she had a daughter. Lo Rahama. That means no mercy. It means not pitied. It means not appreciated. No compassion. So what he's saying, because you have sinned, And because I have this difficulty in seeing your heart turn back towards me, I will not have pity on you. As a nation, Israel, and you church, who have flirted with prosperity gospel and feel-good messages, who sleep with charismatic false prophets, and who produce children of apostasy and a generation X, Y, and Z, I will have no mercy unless you turn. So when they see this little girl in the neighborhood, in the community, in the village, they are reminded that based on our direction, God will not have mercy on us. No mercy. So, he had to put a in there because the sins of Israel was widespread, both male and female. It wasn't just the men were going bad. It wasn't just the women only in a prostitution. The entire community, the entire society was in sin. So he had to indicate that it's not gender specific. So, even within the church, with sometimes cast blame on certain persons, that them show responsibility and, and so on and so forth. But let's not, let's not go there. Let's go back to Goma. So where are we? I'll they take them away? So they will be in captivity. Now verse 7. But I will have mercy upon Judah and will save them by the Lord of God. Now there's always this comparison in the scripture between Judah and Israel. When verse 1 mentioned the four kings of Judah Those four kings of kings who did good in the sight of the Lord. As against Jeroboam who did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the judgment is different. He's saying because Judah is still after the heart of God, I will have mercy on them. So when the Assyrian army attacked Israel, ten tribes, five and five, ten tribes of Israel, overthrew them, beat them up. Have them in captivity. They decided to do the same to Judah. Two tribes, Benjamin and Judah. When they went down to Judah to attack in 2 Kings 19, Hezekiah was king at the time. The Bible says, in one night, one angel killed 185,000 Assyrians. That's why it says, you know, if you use no bow, nor no arrow, nor no horsemen, nor no sword. Because God himself will fight for you. So when your heart is towards the things of God, we don't have to fight no battle. God fights on our behalf. So Judah, was, he had mercy on Judah because of their heart. No mercy for Israel. You know one of the funny things about mercy? Mercy is for the guilty. I don't know if you know that. Mercy is for the guilty. You can't have leniency, but leniency is a matter of justice. But mercy is for the guilty. And when you're guilty, and know you're guilty, you say, have mercy. So God says in Romans, I'll have mercy upon who I'll have mercy. So he had mercy on Judah. Because their heart, they might not get it right, you know. But at least their heart was, was God. But for Israel, lo, Rohama, no mercy. Right? So, moving on. Verse 8, when she had weaned Loruhama, she conceived and bare a son. There are times of some things in Scripture, I wonder why is it there? Is it important? Yes, absolutely. When she weaned the daughter. In, in Jamaica, ladies, in Jamaica, how long it take to wean a child? Before you go back to work? Two or three months? How much? About three months. In a Western society, that's about right. But the culture of the Jewish people, is it is about three to five years. You take for wean a child. That's why Samuel, after him get weaned, he said, Here gotta talk. You remember? In the temple and gotta talk to him. He's not a baby, He not a three month old. But in their culture, wean is up to five years. So what God is doing, he said, Alright, I have shown you the judgment of Jezreel and what will happen to Israel. I have shown you that I will not have mercy based on low rahma. Him, uh, he allowed a time for past truth again to reflect on the very lifestyle and say, "No, know me, if it change, because you know, I do want no more judgment. You. So after the weaning, they still not turn. God give them a little time. So i all right, one more child. She conceived... Call his name, Lo-Ame. For you are not my people. And I will not be your God. Now, just imagine the headline I star in the gossip section. Promiscuous wife, give past that jacket. Because it's not, theme pick, not that one. You are not my people. Promiscuous. All over the place, are sleep with all kind of persons. However, what God is saying to them, because of your sins and your repeated and continuous disobedience to me, I will no longer be your God. You are not my people. You see, and Mount Sinai, He told them in the covenant, "I will be your God, and you shall be my people." But when them start get disobedient and rebellious and otahada, continuously, and one hundred and fifty years in my work with them since Jeroboam the first till Jeroboam the second is 149 years 150 and God is get, trying to get them to turn away from that sin that idolatry that he introduced to them and they wouldn't move he said in that case you are no longer my people i'm not your god but it goes a bit beyond that he's also saying i'm not your god i am not your husband and i am not your father listen Just imagine, just imagine, all right, we understand the God part. Just imagine that you're no longer married to that nice lady there. She no longer have the privilege of the security, provision, due, due, due benevolence. The support, because you are no longer her husband. The husband is the source, source of comfort, source of Counsel, source of security. But if you are not no longer married, then the wife no longer has that privilege. So God no longer offers comfort, security, provision to these people. You are no it also saying I'm no longer your father. Imagine again that you are no longer the father of Joshua. When school time comes, you no have no obligation for buying no school book and no shoes. You no need for provide no food for him. You no need for protect him when them boy are beat him up. Because the father who offers the source of protection and, and comfort and security and resources no longer have that obligation. So when God is saying to the church, I am no longer your God, we're in trouble. Because we no longer have a source of security, of protection, of resources, of comfort, of wisdom. We no longer have that. So Lo Ami is saying that you are no longer my people. You do miss me too much. You see, everything that Goma did was grounds for divorce from Hoshia. But God said, no, I'm not going to show you how much I love you. Go back for her. You know, same thing go back for her in verse 3, chapter 3. Not only did he go back for her. She did a little gentleman, you know. You must pay for get her back. Go and buy her back. That's how God loves us. He sent his son to pay the price for us. Just to show his love. So, they're no longer, my people, I no longer, obligated to be a protector. So Israel can now see the judgment that is coming based on the life of the prophet and his family. Because God decided I'm going to show them, not just tell them. I'm the hurricane and the earthquake and the flood and the famine and the st- all kind of something. And they're still not turning it. But there's always good news when it comes to God. So, Patrick, you see, like how everybody far apart? Okay, I haven't to said touch your neighbor and say nothing. You're not no neighbor again. We are social distance. <laughs> but we're reaching the good part. I don't know if I'm boring right now, but we just reach a good part. Verse 10. Yet. This is supposed to be the best word the Hebrew nation could ever hear in their life. Yet. After all that just happened, there's a yet. <laughs> After all that go through church, there's a yet. After so much COVID that stressed me out, now we have Omicron, there's a Yet. The number... Of the children of Israel shall be as sand. You see, he made his covenant with Abraham. He repeated it with Isaac. He's saying that even though Uno sin so much, even though I have a even though i are no longer my people, I'm no longer your God, even though I'm going send you in captivity, yet I will not allow this nation to be. To be what? The most survive. You will not be eradicated, eliminated. You might, Wow. Yet. So, the children shall be... So, he's keeping his covenant. He made with Abraham. Because what he expects from us, because of his grace and his mercy, is that his people who are called by his name, will humble themselves, pray, seek his face, and turn. So in anticipation of that, he's going to saying that once again you will prosper. You will be like sons of the sea. And the place where you said you are not my people, you shall be said you are the sons of the living God. no, you remember we talked about the people thing and the God and the father and the husband. He's saying that where I told you in lo ame that you are not my people, you shall now be called sons. Not just people. Because sons now have an inheritance. No, sons now everything the father owner for them own. Sons now have the, 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 the privilege for walking in the father room. Whether bedroom or otherwise. And said, daddy, and then stop and listen. Son, the total different relationship. So through the salvation, through, through repentance, he's going to convert, transform us from people to sons. Right? Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel gather together. Captivity. Israel, in captivity. Bondage, 70 years. Judah was also in captivity. But there was a time, after, especially after Cyrus, when they were allowed to go back home. And when the two nations now became, um, became one again, Israel, they elected one leader, Zerubbabel, as head. It is right here in the prophecy. But when we look at the bigger picture, a divided church will be once again reunited as Christ as a head. Jesus as the head. So we're talking about restoration based on repentance. We're talking about redemption of a people that are the wrath of God is poured upon. But because of his mercy, because they have repented, he'll once again embrace them as children. And out of the land, great shall be the day of Jezreel. Remember when we looked at Jezreel earlier, it was judgment for Jehu's dynasty, his descendants. He was judging Jehu for what happened at Jezreel. Bloodshed, overthrow, murder, killing. So Jehovah scatters at that time. We might disperse the people based on that judgment. So him get Jeroboam off of the throne, and now Israel going into captivity. But in the day of Jezreel, the meaning change. it now means God sows. So remember, two had two meanings. God scatter, God sows. So now instead of scattering and judging, he's establishing a people. So the day of Jesus is a day of joy and, 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 and rejoicing because God himself is going to once again bring his church together. How do I know this? My, 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 my Good New Testament for tell you. Jude 1. Now unto him who is able to keep us from and to present us before his very presence with exceeding joy. He's talking about his church. So God will have that church at a point where he can say, He's pleased, you are not washed, you are now without spot or blemished. So he once again offer transfer redemption because we have repented. right? We have repented. So I'm going to just skip over verse two. Chapter two, verse one. Chapter two, it says, Say ye unto your brethren, Ami, and unto your sisters, Ruhama. Verse one. You notice anything? God removed the law from law ame. It's no ame. He removed the law from ruhama. It's no ruhama. Because law is a negative prefix. Remember law the bar? Law is a negative prefix. Prefix. So he removed the law and transformed them. So ame is now people. And ruhama means mercy is shown. So, when we repent and our hearts are right again, you might go transform over a life if I even change your name. So that our destiny can be different, can be changed. So, no longer will we be not my people. We are now children of the Most High God. We are now sons of God. No longer will He not have mercy, but He will show love, compassion, and mercy. So this message in Hoshia is a message of redemption. Even after the judgment. No, the judgment must come, in now because the wages of sin is death. And when God says something, He will do it. it. So He said, I'm going to judge Jehu from 2 Kings 9. He will judge him in Hoshia 1. So there's a transformation among the people, among the church. So no longer... Will we have this desire for strange men? No longer, when certain men crept in unawares, we associate with them. No longer will we listen to, uh, to unsound doctrine and get impressed because of the eloquence of speech. And we'll run, go follow Kevin Sweet. Oh, I'm sorry. Go follow people. No longer will the church get bad name because of how persons within the pulpit conduct themselves. You see, when God sent the angel to kill the 185,000 Assyrians and to protect Judah, the Bible says, I think in verse 35 or 36, that he did it for his name'sake. God is going to protect this church for his name's sake. So when somebody come and carry it, have the church a disrepute and attack all kind of foolishness and not cut people truth, God is going to take them out. He not take no time. He not wait 149 years for His name's sake. Right? So there's a transformation. So watch this. In, in, the entire family that was involved in the ministry. Hoshia, Goma, Jezreel. You can't say lo-ami because there's no ami. Ruhama. Entire family in the ministry now, right? Hoshea means salvation. Goma means completion, not, not bring to an end. Jezreel means God's established. Rohama means mercy is shown. Ami is my people, which include the Gentiles now. So the new message is salvation brings to completion unrighteousness when God established his people because of his mercy. That's the new narrative, the new message for the people of Israel through the love of God through his power of salvation, and when the church is obedient to follow him instructions, even if him say, go and marry a promiscuous woman because I'm going to show Jamaica them heart. Then a nation is transformed. But it starts with the church. When God exposes our heart, we better fix it quick. In true repentance, through prayer, humility, so, he says again, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I don't even know if we understand when he asks us to be hum- to humble ourselves. So, let me explain what that means. The word humble in scripture, in in this chronicle scripture, means kana. This isn't even a Hebrew word, it's a Canaanite word from Canaan because they were merchants. They are business people. They travel all over the place and do trade. So when they humble themselves, when they, this word kana, it really means to invest everything you have so you can expect a return on your investment. So, they, so Mr. Banker, Mr. Thing, if your portfolio looks nice, but if you invest all of that money in some stock, so you know, say i go re- make a return in the next couple months, you put all your money in because you sure. So that's what kind of comes So that humble means to give of your all, everything, because you expect an in, a return on your investment. So when it says, If you humble yourself and pray, that means to give your all, your everything to prayer. Give your entire heart to the things of God. In totality. It's not just meek and mild. Unreservedly. In totality. So, because you are so confident that your God will provide all your needs uh, according to his riches in glory. So we have to be Humble. Give ourselves in, to, to, to God in totality. We have to pray because we have to reason with God so we can get direction. We have to seek. We have to have a closer relationship with Him, a personal, intimate relationship. We have to pursue, just like how oh, you'd have to pursue that young lady before she said yes. This yes. It never just comes so. You put in a whole an effort and work and resources. That's how you have to see God. And then repent, turn, go the other direction. Don't no go back to that. Then, He will hear from heaven. He'll hear what heaven have to say about your situation and make you know. And fix and heal. Not just the church, not just your family, but the nation, the land. So Hosea, in this book, is the only place in Scripture where that gentleman is, is mentioned. Nowhere else. Only in Hosea. You know, not see him nowhere else. Not even New Testament make reference to him. His assignment was specific. And he carried out exactly as God said. And the result was that we, the church, no benefit from the fact that Jesus came and died for us and we now have life more abundantly. We have power and authority. So we don't, God don't even have to mention him again. Him doing him, him do him work. Nowhere else he mentioned. But it is important. So let's not just think that God said, we marry a prostitute and all of that. pass a mix-up and, mix and soap opera business. No, it's much more than that. Much more than that. The, the, a nation depending on, on his actions and his obedience. The entire nation of Israel... And that's where the Messiah had to come from, through that nation. Amen? Amen. I invite you all to stand. Hallelujah. As we pray. Hallelujah. Father, we just want to thank you for your grace. We thank you, Father, that for us as a church, as a people, mercy is shown. We thank you, Lord, that by your mercy, your kindness, your patience, that we are now once again called your son, children of God. No longer will we be looked upon as not your people. But you have allowed us, Father God, access to your very throne room by the work that Jesus did on the cross. And we thank you. We thank you, Father, that you have made your Holy Spirit available for us for counsel, for guidance, for protection. We thank you, Father God, for that love and kindness because you have transformed our very heart. A heart that have this desire to sin, this hunger for unrighteousness. A heart that will pursue strange bosoms. A heart of idolatry that will pursue material things. A heart that is no longer after the things of God. We thank you. Father, your very word tells us that d- even during the reign of Jeroboam II, Israel was prosperous. Exchange rate up there. Net international reserves of one year of imports. The G- G- GDP in- unpowered everybody, Western civilization. Tourism agwan construction sector boom not to mention IT so the economy a boom under Jerome but the hearts of the people were bankrupt because they did not see a need for God if they might do so well. We declare right now, Father God, that even when this nation of ours is transformed into a third, first world country. When we discover that we have no island of our pedro keys, When once again our food security isn't what it's supposed to be for our population. When we can have an economy with a 1% um, unemployment rate. When education of our children is 98%. We will still see you as God and as dependent upon you. We will not turn from you as other western civilizations. Because they think there's no need to have a God. We have the intellect. We have the technology. We can manage on our own. Let this nation reach that point, Father. Let us continue to worship you in spirit and in truth. So that we, Father God, will be called sons of God, children of the Most High God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So we thank you, God. We thank you because mercy is shown. Amen. Amen.